0: hello everybody welcome back to the front office you friday podcast my name is ryan carney i will be hosting today's show we have a very very special guest uh on our show today for the first time but uh, a great connection of me and clayton are our, our co host today uh so we're really looking forward to that but before we do that clayton radel co-hosting with me today welcome on to the show clayton how are you doing man
1: i'm good rk excited okay. to uh, excited to get in it with aj
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's just dive right into it. Uh, AJ Jolio joining us on uh, the podcast today. Currently works with the Arizona Diamondbacks as their manager of the new business team. So AJ has been a a great connection of Clayton and I's. As I mentioned, we were able to get connected when he was working with the San Jose Sharks in the NHL. Uh, Obviously, Clayton and I both working in hockey. So I love to have kind of those background chats as well. But uh, AJ, first of all, you know, welcome onto the show. Really excited to have you. And let's just kind of dive into some of your background early on in sports like what was what was young aj you know in elementary school middle school like how what was your experience uh with sports how did you kind of develop a passion uh for you know sports as a whole
2: yeah for sure well thanks for having me guys um you know have been around the folks that have been part of this podcast for a long time so excited to actually be part of it here um but yeah aj jolio manager in the new business team with the dbacks um but yeah my sports background really started i grew up in youngstown ohio and didn't have any pro teams in Youngstown, right? So it all came down to college sports for me. So I, it's funny because I'm actually not a collegiate sports fan at all as an adult, but um, I grew up going to Youngstown State football games with my family when I was in late elementary school, um, early middle school. My cousin was a quarterback at Youngstown State and you know, we were out there every Sunday or Saturday for four years. Um, and that's really where it came from. Just those memories of my family of going out to those games and getting to help other people have those memories is really what kind of drew me into sports sales eventually. But yeah, that's where it all came from. Um I'm a huge, huge, huge football fan. Um, despite working in hockey for four years, I'm not a hockey fan at all. Um, so a little bit different there. But um yeah, huge football fan. And you know, that's where it all really started for me.
0: Yeah, I love hearing that too. It's really interesting to hear you mention that because you know we we talked to so many people on this podcast with so many different backgrounds, and yeah, there is obviously that important distinction between you know working in a specific sport and necessarily being a fan of what you would think of you know kind of growing up and uh, initially being a part of it. So really glad you were able to kind of touch on that. I I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. as well. So you know, kind of diving into your experience in college now a little bit, uh, University of Mount Union. You know, talk a little bit about some of the factors that contributed to you know why Mount Union was uh, was the right for you, AJ?
2: Yeah, great question. So Mount Union for me, um, I think it always appealed to me to go to a smaller school. So, you know, Youngstown State, um, that's the hometown school. And, you know, a lot of people from my high school would go to Youngstown State, right? And, um, you know, it was a big school. It's about 12,000, I want to say maybe 12 to 15,000 students. And it's a big commuter school, and I really wanted the experience of going away for school. Um, I didn't go very far, so to speak, um, but I went about an hour away to Mount Union. Um, But really the appeal for me there was, um, A, it was smaller, and I wanted that small school experience. I wanted to be in the smaller classrooms. Um, But B, it was the sport program there. So I originally went to be an athletic training major, um, and pretty quickly I realized that wasn't for me, and I switched to sport business. Um, but I knew I wanted to be around sports, and that's what drew me to Mount union was, um, both the athletic training program and the sport business program. So I think that's what really appealed to me. It was just small school, that small school experience, but also knowing that they had such a good program at the time was something that really appealed to me. And, you know, I was I was going originally to be an athletic training major, and I switched so quickly to sport business because of that program, and it couldn't have been a better decision for me. So. Yeah, I, I love my time at Mount. Um, you know, it's hard to believe I'm already six years out of college at this point, which is pretty nuts to think, but um, it was an awesome experience. The two guys that I was just visiting with this past week that came to visit me um, are both Mount Union grads as well, and they both work in sports as well. So pretty cool to, uh, you know, still have those relationships too.
0: Yeah, spot on. Loved hearing you, uh, you know, kind of talk about that, you know, uh, but I think like one way that for me that I kind of heard about Mountain Union was through the sales conference that they host. Mm -hmm. I know that's obviously one of the biggest things that uh, really happens within the sports sales world. And uh, we're going to kind of dive into, you know, why sales was kind of that right experience for you. But before we do that, just talk a little bit about what that experience is like at the Mountain Union sales conference for people that may not be familiar with it already.
2: Yeah, great question. So I went to it all four years at Mount. And I actually went this past year for the first time as a hiring manager. So it was kind of cool to go full circle with yeah. it. Um, but that workshop is it's it's a marathon of a day, right? So you come in, in there in the morning, and a lot of the morning is focused on um, sales training. So there's folks from all throughout the sports industry. Um, I think there's at least like 40 or 50 different teams that come out to this um, throughout the country. You know, of course it is a little more East coast focused being it's in Ohio, but um, you know, we, we go to it, the sharks go to it. A lot of West coast teams go to it as well too. Um, but really it's your first part of the day is all sales training. You're getting a lot of exposure to what actual sports sales looks like. So a lot of role plays, a lot of practice, a lot of stuff like that. Um, you're going to be getting trained by these um you know, inside sales managers from different teams throughout the industry. So really an awesome process there. And it's really, really cool to actually get some hands on training with it. And in the back half of the day is all interviews um, with these teams. So you can preset some interviews um, with teams that you want to sit down with and get to know them a little bit better. It's a little bit of speed dating. So it's a, it's a 15 minute, pretty quick interview. So I know for us with the D-backs, it's important to us that we're always following up afterwards and doing a real interview after that because it's a pretty quick one. But um, it's an awesome process. It's a beast of a day, but you know you get so much out of it, A, in terms of you know sales training, but B, in terms of networking. Um, I told you I went to that all four years at Mount Union. It led me to some internships at Mount Union. And then I met both my inside sales manager with the Sharks and my current boss with the D-backs at this conference um, when I was in undergrad. So I met both of them. Um, I met my current boss as a junior and I met my former boss as a uh, senior at Mount Union. So um, yeah, just really, really great for networking as well too. And it's an awesome day and it's, it's really, really fun, but you definitely come out of it pretty tired, so.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you kind of diving into that because I know that's one mm-hmm. of the biggest events that that we see really across the sports landscape uh, in you know the calendar for people that are looking to kind of break into the industry. So uh, definitely a great opportunity for people to look into that, uh, maybe able to build some of those connections. As it turned out for AJ, you know, kind of diving through some of his experience and oh, my future boss was there and I, I didn't even know it at the time. And yep. uh, probably my favorite thing you said too was that piece about following up. That's always a big advice mm-hmm. we try to give to people. Um, you know, it, it can be intimidating. You can kind of lose track of things sometimes, but those people that are really diligent about following up whether you're on the hiring manager side like aj is or you're a you know freshman student looking for some experience you know that following up piece is so so important so really glad you touched on those things so with that i'm going to pass it over to clayton clayton's obviously a big sales guy as well so we'll kind of dive into um, that realm of things uh right now cool
1: thanks rk yeah i I just gotta say aj uh hearing you talk and everything our paths are pretty similar in yeah. grew up in the midwest Went to smaller schools because we didn't want to go to big schools. (laughs) Athletic training, physical therapy was what I went for, but then Mm -hmm. realized it wasn't for me. And then we out west. So just had to put that in there. That's pretty cool, I think.
2: Yeah, it Um, is cool. Yeah, yeah. you're not the first person I've heard with that story, too. So it's (laughs) cool. I feel like there's a decent amount of us in the industry like that. Right. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: which is very, very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, thanks for the insight on like Mm -hmm. Mount Union and things like that. Um, I guess my first question for you, you kind of answered it a little bit of why you got into sales because like you want to make memories Mm -hmm. um, that you made, uh, for uh, other fans, but, uh, what else kind of what led into the decision for you to go into sales more and pursue that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So there, there's a few things really, right? So I always speak to, um, internships as what got me the exposure to, figuring out what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do, right? And I think that's an important aspect of it is really figuring out what you don't want to do. So um, I had, you know, some internships and event planning because that's something I initially thought I wanted to do and very quickly learned that that was not for me, right? Um, I was a broadcaster at Mount Union for a couple years and I did the radio calls for a football team. Um, and I, I loved that. I loved being on the air. I thought I wanted to be Al Michaels for a little bit. And then I realized that, I don't want to do everything else that has to do with broadcasting. I just want to call games, um, which is not realistic, right? So um I pretty quickly realized that wasn't it for me too. And that's where I took a sales internship, and that's what really got me the exposure to um, you know, helping people create those memories, right? So for me, it was once I actually got exposure um to sales with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the internship I had there, that kind of opened the door for me. And then I went back to school that fall. And did a night sales internship with their G League affiliate. Um, at the time, it was the Canton Charge. They're now in Cleveland, but it was only 20 minutes away from my college, and it was great because that's where I actually got the process of you know calling people on the phones, pitching people on products, and um, actually hosting you know people at games as well too. And that's where it kind of clicked for me. Of okay, I can see myself doing this for a career. Um, But I wasn't really sure about it, honestly, until I got to San Jose. And um, after a couple months of doing the inside sales role, that's where it kind of clicked for me of like, okay, I understand why I like this. And it's A, it's the relationship building, but B, it's being able to help people have memorable experiences, right? So I think that's where it kind of clicked for me. I know definitely I did not think I was going to be in sales Um, I think a lot of people that end up in sales probably don't think they're initially going to be in it. But it was uh, one of the best decisions I could have made for myself. And now I can't imagine myself not being in sales. But I think that it was really a process of me trying to figure out what was the best fit for me. Um, And I think that those internships helped me figure out what were not the right fits for me. And then from there, I was able to grow. So long answer. um, But that's kind of how I figured it out for myself. And then I think that when I was actually in the role in San Jose, that's where I initially thought I maybe wanted to do group sales. And once I got exposure to that, I realized that group sales is very much not for me. Um, and I realized that business development was more my track. So I think it's it's important to have an idea of you know what you would be interested in, but also being open-minded about it. Um A, in terms of what you know, part of the sports industry you go into, but B, if you do get into sales what route you want to go down from there. So long answer, but that's kind of how I figured out for myself.
1: No, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, That's a really good answer. Especially like, like you said, not everyone that gets into sales thought they'd be in sales. Sales gets a bad rap, you know, the sleazy Mm -hmm. car salesman, real, like all that stuff. So, um, but I feel like it's so much more than that. You know, like you said, building relationships, making memories for fans, things like that. So it's, yeah. It's all what you make of it, and it's so much more than just pitching people products and selling selling people stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Which is really cool, really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I know we brushed up on like you move your move to San Jose from mm-hmm. Cleveland and stuff, but I guess take us through that process. Like, what made you decide? Like, all right, I'm gonna move across the country. This is the best choice for me in my career.
2: Yeah, great question. So. I love sharing this, too, because, um, you know, I talk to a lot of folks from the Midwest and (laughs) recruit a lot in the Midwest and on the East Coast. So um, I love being able to speak to this. But there were a couple of things for me. So um, when I was initially applying to roles and, you know, starting to get in touch with teams going in my senior year, um, I'll tell you this. I never thought that one, I would be in hockey and be on the West Coast. Right. Um, I thought it was going to stick closer to the East Coast or the Midwest. Um, as I mentioned before, not really a hockey fan, um, but for me, it was about the opportunity to grow and be with the leaders I wanted to be around, right? So my inside sales manager, he's a guy named uh, Frank Bottres. Um you, you can look him up on LinkedIn. Um, he's currently the VP for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but Frank is, um, you know, he was a rock star and he really sold me on the opportunity to come and grow from him. Um, because he was talented. He had already been inside sales manager role prior to this as well, too. Um, So I knew that he knew how to grow people, right? And just the rest of the leadership team in San Jose. And a big part of it for me, too, were there were two other things, too. Um, One that was important to me was it was a new program, and I was going to be able to kind of make my mark on it um, initially and help this program grow as I grew as well, too, because it had only been around for maybe... I want to say like a year, year and a half before I stepped into the role. And the second thing that really didn't actually end up mattering that much to me, but was important to me at the time, was um, having two properties to sell. So the Sharks at the time um, were selling their AHL affiliate, Barracuda, as well. I think they still do. I'm not entirely sure how that looks currently.
1: I could be wrong, but that sounds right. I think. Yeah.
2: I know they have a crew to staff now, but uh, I think that it is still kind of split like that too. But um, that was important to me at the time. Like I said, it ended up not really mattering I, I for all intents and purposes now. That would not make a difference to me at all. But um, at the time, it did. So those were the two factors. Um, and part of it for me too was like I did want to push myself and get out of my comfort zone. Um, I'd been in California once before I moved there um i had never been to the bay area i'd never seen san jose until the day i drove into san jose um so it was a little bit of just taking that leap of faith and pushing myself to grow and i think on the personal side it was one of the best decisions i ever made in my life um i always say like the best decision i ever made was going to uh, mount union um and now i say the second best decision is coming here to the ebacks but i used to say a second best was going to the sharks um i guess the sharks are probably third best at this point but (laughs) <laughs> um but it it was a great decision for me because it really pushed me to grow on the personal side too right um i'm three three time zones away from home um you know, I'm moving on my own for the first time. I had a roommate, but you know, I had several roommates in college, and you know college it's like, yeah, you're cooking for yourself, but you're not as much, right? um now I'm fully on my own, right? so I think that just pushing me kinda of out of the nest like that really helped me grow a lot personally and you know, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, um, you know, one of my reps who is from the Midwest, you know, he's 22, he just started out here. Um, and he was kind of saying that, like, yeah, the process of like, going into adulting for the first time, right, is definitely a big one. And I think that it was great for me to do that away from home, um, and so far away from home, because it really forced me to grow. And, you know, now it's, you know, I've been out here for six years, and I, I couldn't see myself going back. So I think that um both personally and professionally there were some good things that went into it for me but i think that making the move personally was one of the best decisions that i ever could have made for myself and um i think it just helped me grow a ton um and that's just on the personal side the professional side even more so of course but i think that what really went into that decision making process was just being able to grow from the right people which i think is you know what i tell everyone is like you know you don't want to chase a logo you don't want to chase a certain sport You wanna be open to stuff because you wanna be open to what's gonna help you grow your career the most. And, you know, also on the same side too, what's gonna be the best for you personally, right? Because at the end of the day, um I knew that personally, like it wasn't gonna be good for me to stay in Ohio. Um, I I couldn't stand Ohio. I couldn't wait to get out of Ohio. And, you know, I have a really good relationship with my parents and my family, but um, I knew I needed to get away. So it comes down to I think those factors really but I can't express enough about making that move and I'm sure you went through the same thing too
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I could not agree more it's almost a rip the band-aid off kind of thing it forces you to to grow up whether you think you're ready or not it forces you to, yeah. to grow. you know um instead of having that the basically fallback plan of like oh whatever um but I always say too, if it doesn't work out, you can always move back home. But if you exactly. pass up on an opportunity because you're scared, it might not come again. So I think that's really good advice for everybody that, that listens and everything. Um as well as like don't chase the logo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hockey guy either. Yeah, I've okay, been cool. for two years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it like basically the sports are it's a business. And the businesses are ran very similarly, you know. Mm-hmm. You're just selling a different ticket, essentially.
2: Exactly right. Yeah, that's world. a lot of people ask me that about, um, like the difference from selling hockey to selling baseball, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not really one, right? Um, it's seasons it, are different. <laughs> exactly right. Like the process is different. The market is different. The, the market right. is very different here from San Jose, but um, the actual process and what we're pitching at the end of the day is very similar. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. A really good insight for sure. Yeah. Um, and then with that, I little bit more about like San Jose and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you said like you initially wanted group sales, then you want business development, more of that B2B route. Like, I guess, take us through like what went into that decision when it clicked or what, what made it click that you wanted to go more that route essentially.
2: Yeah. Good question. So I think, um, there were a few things that went into it. So first off, I am um, not an event planner person. I'm not very, very good at that. And um, I think just the group sales sales process, once I kind of understood what that looked like and how much goes into that in terms of event planning, in terms of you know chasing around group leaders, um, things like that. I think that's what was the initial thing that stood out to me of like, okay, this isn't for you. This isn't really your skill set. I can do it. You know, I've sold groups, and I did. Um, you know, I w- like I mentioned, I had an internship that was like that. Um, when I was in, um, you know, high school and early college, I was pretty involved in scouting and like I did set up events and stuff like that too. But, um, it just wasn't something that really appealed to me, right? Like my heart wasn't really in that, so I think that was part of it. Um, but what appealed to me about business development was there were a few different things. So, um, first off, like I said, there's the relationship building piece, right? That I loved um of just sales in general but I think the beauty of it for me was like if this person tells me no okay cool I'm just on right next to the next person right like I'm I always tell my reps jokingly that like I was a brain-dead salesperson where I would just go and I was just like a pound the phone's guy right (laughs) um so I think that's what. yeah like I, I think that's what really appealed to me about it is um You know, you could just do that and you could just book appointments and you could just get face to face with people. And it kind of just made the process simple for me in terms of what that sales process looked like as opposed to a group sales process. So I think that was part of it. Um, I was also interested in membership um, experience. So renewals, you know, client development, everybody calls it something different, but the service team. um, Mm -hmm. I was also interested in that. And I think that. Just the day to day, that process of actually selling and chasing down people, and you know, getting people to commit to a membership was really what appealed to me more at the end of the day. Um, and then, aside, a, a small part of it too was just who I was, was going to learn from. Um, you know, my manager there, Eric Minuta, uh, who's still with the Sharks in a similar role, overseeing business development. He was he was great, and he was just somebody that I really wanted to learn and grow from. Um, and that's what kind of drew me into that realm, but. I always tell um, you know my reps here. It's funny because people always come to me early on, um, within their first month, and they're like, "Hey, I think I'm really interested in business development or groups or experience." And I'm like, "Okay, sounds good. Um, you know, let's talk about this again in two months and yeah. so we're at. And ninety percent of the time, it's different, right? So I think that you just have to have that open mind um, and be willing to figure out what really is the right fit for you. Um, And I never push people one way or another. Um, I'm really adamant about that. Like it's, you know, you got to tell me what the right fit is for you. I can tell you what I think, you know, I see your skill set being good at, but I almost hesitate from telling people that too. There's one rep in particular that she kind of asked me to do that. And I was kind of opposed to doing that. And I did walk her through what I felt she was better at as opposed to others. But um yeah that's what kind of looked like for me and I, I always tell people just be open to it and receptive to it because at the end of the day like we're all full menu too right so
1: mm-hmm. yeah you
2: know our, our business development reps still sell groups right um our experience reps still sell suites here right so you know it's you got to be good at everything in some capacity and um you know I think that that's the beauty of the d too is that all of our managers are really involved with our you know, our new business team, our inside sales program. Um, So you get exposure to everything really. And like I said, while I'm not a group sales guy. I've had three reps now to this point, join our group sales staff. Right. So it's like, we can develop you in anything you want to be. Um, You just got to figure out for yourself, like what that right fit is.
1: That's more great advice. Yeah. I know myself as well, like going through inside sales, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. Mm -hmm. First, I wanted this or that, like I wanted to go FSE or like season ticket route or service. And then I found group sales. So it's like, I didn't know what really group sales was. And now I'm account executive in group sales. So (laughs) yeah, that's how it goes, right? Really? Yeah. Really great advice of like, it changes. You don't have to have the rest Mm -hmm. of your life figured out right now, you know?
2: Exactly.
1: Um, Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, uh, I,
2: I like what you said there too. Just to add on that, it's like you know what your your goals are. Like that's allowed to change as time mm-hmm. goes by, right? I um I always like laugh when I look back at um stuff that I said when I was like 16 or like early in college <laughs> of you know oh this is what I want to do and you know I look back and I'm like why did why did I think that why was that what I wanted to do because um you know it's allowed to change right and like you don't have to just because you're doing something right now like you don't have to be locked in on that forever and. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to be an inside sales manager for quite some time, but that's probably like one of the only circumstances I could think of in my career where I was like, oh, okay. Like this has remained a constant. So, you know, it's allowed to change. That's, that's all I mean.
1: I agree. Yeah. And then adding to that, something Mm -hmm. I heard the other day is like, you can have the next, you can have the end goal figured out, but you don't have even, you don't even have to have the next step figured out yet kind of thing. Yeah. You have a goal to build to, but you can figure it out as it goes kind of thing. It's good to have some stepping stones, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I will uh, pass it off to RK as far as like your role at the d now and, and mm-hmm. changing from more of a sales rep to a manager of sales. So RK, take it away.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Clayton. And yeah, really nice job to kind of lay the foundation for, you know, why this was kind of the career for you, AJ. And then mm-hmm. let's dive into that, you know, that move from San Jose to the D backs. And I think from my perspective, you know, outside looking in, you know, having the opportunity to be a manager. And you hinted at so many of the different things, like being able to meet with reps and say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll help you figure this out, but I'm, I'm not necessarily going to tell you this is for you. You lock people into a role, like really good leadership philosophy there. And and you mentioned that being a manager was a goal of yours. So, uh, mm-hmm. talk us through it. How did that kind of come to fruition for you? You know, walk us through the steps of um that transition between working uh, you know, in San Jose uh and now your current role with the Arizona Diamondbacks.
2: Yeah, for sure. So um there's a few things that went into it. So, you know, we used to joke in San Jose um that like this is something I wanted to do since I was 19, going to that first Matt Union workshop, right? Um, which is true, but also like it took me a little bit to figure right. out that was for me. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, initially on, like I said, um, I was really fortunate to learn from Frank and I wanted to eventually give that back and do the same with people. And I think that I identified towards the end of my college career that I really did like growing people and helping people that were earlier along and whatever it might be, whether it was, um, you know, I was a runner in high school and I was, you know, I was one of our team captains and helping the the younger members of the team was something that really appealed to me. Right. Um, I think that's where I kind of identified that leadership was maybe something I wanted to do. Um, The Sharks had a really great program called our Goal Academy that was a manager and training program. And, you know, it's something that I would not be in the role that I'm in today without that program. Um, And it got me really great exposure to the recruiting process, the training process. Um, You know, even the coaching and mentoring process um, was something that we really focused on with the Goal Academy. And I think that once I went through kind of like my first recruiting trip with it, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm fully sold. I knew it was what I wanted to do, but I was super locked into it after that point. So um, the Google Academy was great. Um, we had kind of a, a weird scenario with it, if you will, though, because we started it um, in December of 2019. Um, so obviously things changed pretty quickly once uh, 2020 got started. So our program with it, ended up being a little bit more virtual, but it ended up being really great for me still too, because I learned how to train and recruit effectively. Um, but the process for me coming here to the D backs there were a few things that went into it, right? So um, you know, one, I wanted to take that next step. I wanted to take that opportunity and I knew that I was in a good position with the Sharks. And, you know, if I stayed there, there was, you know, pretty good chance, hopefully, that I could do that eventually with the Sharks. But um I didn't know what that time frame was going to look like, right? And you know in some ways i look back and i think that you know what i what was i in such a rush for right um you know i made the right decision by coming here to the D backs of course but i just look back and i think that man you were you were 26 like what were you in such a rush for right um a lot of people don't get their first managerial gig till well after that point so um, but when i started to look at other roles with other teams i started to interview with a couple of different teams and the reason the backs really appealed to me was Um, one the leadership team here so my current boss Mike DeLosa who I mentioned I'd been in touch with for years Um, working with him was something that really appealed to me I got to know the rest of the leadership team here um, through this recruiting conference back in early 2020 and you know two leaders here Alexis Espinosa and Damon Olstead, were in my role prior to me here Um, it was a two manager role at the time and you know that was something that really appealed to me is they were both with the organization still too, and essentially I could learn from three former people that had been in this exact chair if I was to come here to the D-backs. So that really appealed to me. Um, Another thing that appealed to me too was, um, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of programs, it shut down completely during COVID and um, there were no inside sales reps here. And, you know, we call our inside sales team, the new business team here, um, but we didn't have any MBT reps. So, the ability to come in and kind of start the whole thing over again, um, from nothing essentially, right. Was something that really appealed to me. And yeah, I always say, I stand, I stand on the shoulders of giants and what, you know, Mike and Alexis and Damon had created here. Um, so I really just kind of jumped on it from there of coming out here to start this program over. So that was something that really appealed to me. Um, I think that, They always talk about the transition of going from a rep to a new manager. Um, And I think that I kind of avoided some of the, I don't want to say pitfalls, but I want to say some of the difficulties that people go through with that. I kind of avoid it in a couple of ways, right? So, one, um, I did it with a different organization. So, you know, people here didn't know me as, you know, AJ the rep, right? People only knew me as AJ the manager. Um, So that was part one. And then part two was um, just being able to start it from scratch, like 99% of the time, 99 is probably an exaggeration, but 95% of the time, it's like, you're not going to have that opportunity um, as an inside sales manager. So I think that both those things helped me kind of avoid some of that. Um, But I say now that as a sales manager, I feel like my sales process is so much better, because I have to teach it every day, right? So when I go on appointments with my reps that are just getting started um, that I always feel myself just getting like sharper and sharper. And I I think that my process now probably as a manager is probably better than even me as an AE in San Jose. Right. So I think that, um, you know, that's something that just, yeah, they always say that, right. Teaching something makes you better at it. So long answer um but that's kind of what that process looked like for me here and yeah it's been almost two years um september first twenty twenty one is when i started so almost been here for two for two years um we've brought geez, i i'm trying to think how many people i've even hired um close to forty people at this point um we've had thirteen people or fourteen we just promoted somebody last week we've had fourteen people get promoted internally um which has been really awesome and You know, it's just been great. I can't speak highly enough of what this process has been like, so...
0: Yeah, lo- loved hearing uh, really you kind of go in deep there and really being put in a position to succeed, you know, stepping into the roles of, of people that already had success. Obviously, that gives you a lot of confidence to, uh, you know, fill that role and great to hear that it's going well. So you kind of hinted on that right at the end, you know, kind of in that second year for you. So I'd love for you to kind of break mm-hmm. down for us that kind of sales timeline because, you know, the fans at home, they're, they're circling, you know, late March on their calendar, opening day, first pitch. But obviously, the sales process starts months, months, months before that. So walk us through that sales timeline kind of from, you know, start to finish of uh, what you could really kind of expect if you were working, uh, you know, for a professional sports team in a sales department? What is the timeline like over the course of the year?
2: Yeah, good question. So um, it's kind of similar to San Jose, um, where, you know, I think a lot of teams do this, where you start selling well into for the the following season during the current season, right? So um, we're actually two weeks away from going on sale here for 2024, um, which is ahead of schedule for us normally. Um, normally, we wouldn't go on sale until, you know, probably the second week of August or so. But uh, we're moving the timeline up a little bit because, um you know, knock on wood, things keep going the way they're going. But the team's playing really well and we want to capitalize on it, right? Um, so what that process looks like is the planning process starts, you know, well over a year in advance. But we're fortunate in baseball we get the season for the following year during the current season um i know hockey is not like that i don't think basketball is like that either um so we're able to kind of plan in advance and really get ahead of things for the group sales side of the process but um for us i just had some reps start in june so you know once we just got them onboarded um in a couple weeks we're gonna be going on sale for 2024 so we're currently taking deposits for next season um, and what that looks like is we're going to roll out um, the way we started here is we roll out our season ticket platform if you will so we call it advantage memberships um, so we roll out our full seasons our half seasons our quarter seasons all at the same time and we're just trying to get face to face with people and pitch them on these tickets for the following season um, so we do that during the current season so we could capitalize on a you know the team's playing well so we want to capitalize on that but B last year, like our team wasn't great, right? So you know we were we were mid, if you will, um, and we were able to still capitalize on that because getting face to face is the biggest tool that we have in the sales process, right? Um, getting face to face with people, actually sitting them down in the seats that they're going to purchase, um, is super super effective for us. So that's our whole focus, and it's a lot easier to get people face to face when you can offer them tickets to a D backs game to come meet you face to face, right? So we try to take advantage of that during the last couple months of the season. So um, our last weekend in July, we're going to have three sales events. We're going to have three more in August, um, probably more in September. And knock on wood, if there's an opportunity for us in the postseason to do that, we're going to do the same thing. Um, And very, very, very similar to our process in San Jose in that sense, and just trying to get people face to face. So. Doing that, um, that'll take us until, you know, ideally the end of October, right? Hopefully knock on wood, long postseason run. Um, but if not, you know, it takes us until the end of the season. And from there, um, our off-season, we start to roll out our group sales, our suite sales, um, all of our mini plans, stuff like that, just to keep the pipeline going again until we get around February and that's where everything starts to heat up again for the following season so we go through a little bit of a quiet period during the off season which is pretty commonplace for most sports I would say um, so it slows down a little bit but during that quiet period that's when we start to roll out our different campaigns like our groups our suites and stuff like that so um, that's kind of what our our process looks like in terms of the timeline um, you know we'll we'll sell until the very last day of the season too, you know, we could always take care of groups and suites until, you know, our very last game of the season on October 1st. So, you know, we'll be selling throughout that whole time. But at this point, a lot of my reps are shifting their focus to 2024. Um, And that's the beauty of it too. And why you want to get ahead and why you want to hit your goal early. So that way, when it comes time for 24, you're not still chasing the remainder of your 23 goal, even if it's tiny, um, you could just put full focus on 24. So
0: yeah. yeah, I I really appreciate you breaking that down cuz I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to kind of realize, you know, what that was really like. You know, you may think, "Oh, we're we're at the All-Star break right now in the MLB, you know, there's still a long way for us to go in the season. Hopefully, you know, as you said, a deep run for the D-backs this year. We've been one of the, you know, pleasant surprises in all of Major League Baseball this yeah. year, which has been really fun to see. Um, but you're trying to capitalize on that, you know, something within your control because, you know, there's so much that's without your control, you know, working in in sports really at any level. Uh so to be able to capitalize <laughs> that and say hey, we've got these people in the building here. Let's try to lock them in for, for next year as well, capitalize on some of that positive momentum you know, while they're celebrating Corbin Carroll getting on base three times in a game or, or something like that. He's been a great yep. story. So I uh, really appreciate you breaking that down. Last question for yeah, me before course. we get into some of our uh, our Flash Friday. Uh, we'll put you on the hot mm-hmm. seat in just a second, AJ. But you mentioned okay. some of your mentors uh, earlier yeah. on this podcast uh, with the San Jose Sharks specifically. So uh, just talk about some of those influential people that have really kind of shaped your career and, and what some of your big takeaways have been uh, um, from what they've taught you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be here without these people, right? So um, first things first, my college professor, Jim Kalachek, um, just an absolute rock star, um, somebody that's been super influential in this industry. And, you know, he's the one that really kind of got the Mount Union conference started back in the day, right? Um, and he was still involved with it this year. Um, it's a little, a little bit different now. It's teamwork online runs it now as, as opposed to Mount Union, but Mount Union is still very involved. Um, but, you know, Jim, I, I wouldn't be here without Dr. K. Um, I would not be in sales without Dr. K. I wouldn't even entertain the sharks initially if it wasn't for Dr. K. Right. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be here without him. And, you know, he was really kind of like, um, you know, like a dad away from home for me when I was at Mount Union as well too. So, you know, he was super helpful for me initially and in just figuring out sales, um, you know, San Jose, I'll go back to the three guys in San Jose that meant the most to me. Um, you know, first, like I said, Frank, um, Frank was awesome. And Frank was my inside sales manager. And, you know, he's still somebody I still talk to. Um, and he really just got my career off to such a great trajectory. And I always say that. And that's always why I take my role so seriously here, because I, I truly feel that you're inside sales manager. If you're in sales, like, they can set your career off to the trajectory it's going to be at, at least for a good while. And, you know, Frank set me off to the right one. I want to do the same thing for my reps. So, um, those two to start, you know, after Frank, you know, of course, um, Eric Menuda, my boss in San Jose, I mean, he was my boss for the vast majority of the time I was there for three years there. And, you know, without Minuta, um, I wouldn't have the sales process that I have today. And, you know, he, at one point when I was going through a sales slump in my second year, um, as an AE there, he, he broke down that entire process with me. We threw it out and started anew and, um, I, I ended up crushing my goal that year, right? So I wouldn't be here without Eric, um, both on the leadership side as well as the sales side, um, through the entire sales process, the business business sales process, everything. Um, and then really, um, you know, I, I will always say this when San Jose just uh, Connor Stefanski, the current, um, he, I can't remember his exact title now. It's, I know it's a little different, but he's their inside sales manager, and um, Connor's like big bro to me. Um, Connor was a mentor to me as soon as I got onto the business development staff there. Um, you know, when he became the inside sales manager in San Jose, he just helped me out so much as, you know, going through the gold Academy, but just throughout my sales process, throughout becoming a manager, I still talk to Connor probably once every couple of weeks. We were just texting yesterday. Um, I would not be who I am as a manager without Connor. So Um, those three guys, just huge mentors to me. And then here with the D-backs, you know, Mike, my current boss, um, as I said, I've been in touch with Mike forever, but Mike um, is really a big part of the reason why I came here. And he's the reason why I continue to stay here and want to grow here um, is because of Mike and just everything he showed me about, you know, being what leadership really means. Right. And, you know, just being that person that, um, you know, is always going to have the reps, first front of mind and just always going to be focused on helping them grow. So long answer, but you know, those guys, um, for sure, you know, if I could throw one more person in, um, one more person, Alexis Espinosa, who's, um, our group sales director here. Um, she is helping me grow so much as a manager and, um, you know, I just can't thank her enough as well too. So, um, those are the folks and you know, I, I definitely tell everyone that, um, you know, it's important to have mentors because they're the ones that are going to help you grow more than anything. So,
0: Yeah. And the sports community, you know, it's a small world, so we're all about paying it forward. So really appreciate you highlighting some of those people that have left a positive impact uh, on your career. Uh, You know, that's obviously a big theme in in sports and a a big reason we like to do this podcast as well, to give other people a little bit of insight uh, into other people that have influenced careers uh, in this industry. So we appreciate that. All right. So let's dive into our Flash Friday segment, AJ. We do this with all of our guests here at Front Office U. We like to give our listeners a better insight into who you are away from the ballpark, get to know your personality a little bit better so clayton and i we each have two flash friday questions for you i'll start it off i'll ask my first one we'll go back and forth with clayton on this one but my first question for you uh what is your favorite holiday oh man my favorite holiday oh
2: man um i want to say Halloween. okay uh, i think Halloween is just uh, a lot of fun you know you get to dress up and you get to uh <laughs> um just have a good time with your friends but I always liked Halloween a lot as a kid I think I I still like it a lot too I'm not actually a huge holiday person I always say I like normal days Um, (laughs) like I like just like a normal weekend um but I think Halloween is probably my favorite one my birthday is on Veterans Day so like I kind of have that one kind of built into but Halloween's my favorite
0: yeah, I like that. I, I'm with you. Sometimes a nice chill Sunday, just sit on the couch, watch some football mm-hmm. is as good as a day as it can get. But uh, I'm sure there are there yeah. were plenty of fun Halloweens for you at Mount Union back in the day. Always a classic on college oh, yeah. around the country. So love to hear you highlight that. But yep. Clayton, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. You can hop in for, for your first Flash Friday questionnaire.
1: All right. So I got kind of a doozy for you. Just be, okay. just be prepared. <laughs> uh, my first one is if you could have dinner with anybody from history who would it be and why
2: anyone from history
1: absolutely anybody famous like athlete, yeah
2: yeah i leader. think i mean i i think like the the heart tug um question answer there is like uh one of my uncles that passed when i was young that like when I got older, I ended up getting into all these exact same stuff that he was into. I had no idea, like, um, you know, music's my first passion, and like, I got super into music, and um, so I think just like him seeing what I'm into now would be cool. But I think famous person, um, I'm a huge, 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 huge Mac Miller fan. Um, I grew up in the same area. Um, I grew up probably 45 minutes away from where he grew up, and you know, every time just watching an interview with him or something like that, he just seems like one of my buddies. You know what I mean? Um, he's only, he was only a couple of years older than me, uh, when he passed. And I think, uh, just getting to sit down with him and actually just like, I feel like we'd be friends, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that, um, I would, I would love that. I think that'd be a lot
1: of fun. Those are definitely the best answers I've got from that question.
2: That's
1: not the first time I've asked it, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, RK back to you for your second
0: one. Yeah, I love that answer. Big Mac Miller fan uh over here as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely RIP to Mac. You got to you got to pick someone who's gone. I feel like you you're missing out on the opportunity in that question if you don't. So, uh good yeah. good answer from you on that one, AJ. All right, my last Flash Friday question. Clayton's got one more. Mm-hmm. The last one for me. What is your ideal vacation spot? I know you said sometimes you just like to relax, but give me your ideal yeah. va- vacation spot.
2: Oh man, ideal vacation spot. Um I'm going to go with places I've been. So, uh, I was just in San Diego a few weeks ago and it, it's like the best place in the country. Yeah, I always I say that. <laughs> um, I just, I love San Diego so much. Um, I was just there a few weeks ago uh, with my girlfriend and we had a really great time. And then um, the d actually take um, our staff, our entire front office out to San Diego every two years um, for a series against the Padres. So we're going to be headed out there again in uh, in about a month. Um really excited for that. So I would say San Diego. The other one that I would say that close to that would be uh, New Orleans. Um, I love New Orleans. I went um, a couple of years ago and I just had a blast. So I would say those ones, but yeah, somewhere warm, um, which is why I live in Phoenix. So um, yeah, I like places that are warm. So
0: yeah, G- getting out of Ohio, you, you took that opportunity and exactly. you absolutely <laughs> ran with it. So nice job on that, AJ. Love those yeah. answers. All right, Thank Clayton, you. I'll pass it off to you.
1: I just got to say, rk and i can attest to the cold midwestern winters that's why sure. I'm yep. in southern california <laughs> but i don't know what rk was thinking going to new york which just gets yeah i was
0: going in the wrong direction for weather wise that's for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh
1: but yeah any anyways my second uh question kind of along the lines of the first one but uh mm-hmm. if you could be any pro athlete uh who would it be and why
2: yeah um you know, it's funny because I've thought about this so many times growing <laughs> up. Um when I was younger, man, when I was a senior in, in high school, I probably always said Johnny Manziel. Um, but that that dates me quite a bit too. But um He was the man though. I, I like I'm that. Gonna go with, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with LeBron though. It, it's always been LeBron. I grew up, you know, he got drafted when I was eight. Um and just uh watching his whole career. It's I, I would always say his skill set. Um I'm a big basketball guy too. I'm a really, really big basketball fan other than football that's my favorite sport um and I would always say him and being a Cavs guy um I would always say Kyrie like I, if I could just like do one of the moves that he could do just like one time just the way that he could finish at the basket is just incredible so I would say either of those two guys as much as I love football I would probably rather be a basketball player um I don't like getting hit so <laughs> uh, yeah
0: that that plays a factor for sure
1: that's fair No, those are great great answers well thought out (laughs) thank you
0: yeah definitely uh definitely appreciate AJ I actually got one more bonus one since you brought it up like where were you when you watched that LeBron block against the uh, Golden State Warriors like do you remember where you were when that happened
2: (laughs) yeah I do I just got chills um I was actually in the queue um I was in Wiccan Lens Arena because I was that was when I was interning for the Cavs and they had us all up in this lounge um watching it there and Yeah, I was there. Um, I I was in the queue. Um, So it was really cool. And just being able to celebrate that there kind of with the front office staff was so much fun. So um, that was incredible. It was, yeah, one of the most fun nights of my life. Um, I got to be in the parade, which was really cool. Um, That was a really long day, but it was really fun. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully I'll be able to experience that again. But um, yeah, my first like full-time internship in sports, I got to see a championship, which was really, really cool. And um, I'm really fortunate to A say that. I got to be part of an All-Star game, you know, in San Jose, um, which was cool. I got to see, you know, a game a three-one comeback in San Jose as well too, um, against the Knights and you know, a pretty crazy game seven there. Two game sevens in that playoff run. So that was that was a lot of fun. So I've been very fortunate in my sports career. Hopefully we could bring some of that luck over to the D backs. So <laughs>
0: No doubt. Great memories. Always uh, fun to reflect on, you know, championship times that, that we have in sports, you know, uh, not everybody yeah. can relate on that, but hopefully some people that, no. that have at home, you know, a, a couple of championship teams yeah. that they can reflect on. So appreciate that AJ before we sign off, just any way for our listeners that may want to kind of continue the conversation, maybe they've come up with some questions of their own. What would be the best way for them to get in contact with you, AJ?
2: Yeah. Great question. Um, please hit me on LinkedIn. I respond to everyone on LinkedIn. Um, everybody that reaches out to me, I always recommend that my, uh, I know my last name's weird, but if you just type in AJG, um, it'll probably come up. Um, AJG DVAX. Um, but yeah, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to. My my messages are always open. Um, and like I said, I respond to everyone. So please feel free to reach out.
0: Perfect. And and we'll throw your LinkedIn in the description of this podcast as well for you guys uh, looking to, to reach out and connect with AJ. But it's been a blast. Really appreciate it. AJ has been an awesome uh, you know, mentor to not only Clayton and I, but all of us here at, at Front Office U. So definitely a guy we wanted to make sure to, to get his fair share yeah. of recognition. And uh, we appreciate the time from you, AJ. But um, with that, we appreciate you guys at home for tuning in and listening. And we'll be back again next week uh, with a new episode. Take care, everybody.
2: Awesome. Thank you guys. We'll